Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 29 of the Ringside Rundown podcast brought to you by TWC and TWN.news. I am Eric Vasquez. I represent the Wrestling Chronicle. And joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. She is Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on, my friend? You know, I think our poor our, uh, listeners are going to get so confused after a while because yesterday or last episode, it was in the morning. Mm-hmm. Today's in the afternoon. Yeah. People aren't going to get used to us going back to three o'clock. Yeah, we're all over. I, I think it kind of works, though. I, it kind of it kind of works. It gets people ready for the day because obviously, you know, it's it's Saturday. Yeah. And people like to sleep in the holidays. It keeps us on our toes. Up. Yeah, the holidays are coming up. We got a week away from Christmas. Are you all done your Christmas shopping? Uh, uh, almost. 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 So I, I have a few other ideas in mind. It's just a matter of, you know, online shipping's a thing, which is going to be a big problem, but we'll manage. We'll, we'll yeah. figure it out. Yeah, me, I'm lucky. You know, everybody knows my situation and how poor I am, so nobody's expecting any Christmas gifts. Yeah. So basically, everybody's getting high fives and hugs. I mean, that that you know what? That's a priceless gift, I think. Price, it's the thought that counts, you know? Exactly. But now, I have, I have had friends like that where they said, look, please don't get me anything because then I'll feel bad because I won't be able to get you anything. I so just, I'm like, I, all right, fine. Hey, yeah, it happens. I, I, I'm I'm more like I don't need any gifts, man. Right. Just 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 friendship is cool enough with me. Yes. You know, that's, yes. Like to me, it's just like you know to to even think of me in that way is like oh you know I I appreciate it, but you really don't have to give yeah. me anything. Right. I'm not a gift person, but yeah, you know, the holidays are coming up and everybody's feeling you know generous. Yeah, it's always like it's always weird because um, when it comes with my family, my parents and I are kind of the people where. If we see something throughout the year, we just buy it, mm-hmm. which is fine at the time because we get what we want, but doesn't help around Christmas time when we're all like, um, okay, I don't really know what to get you because you got everything. <laughs> yeah, so, pretty much. That's my yeah. mom. She has everything oh. in the world. What do you get for someone who has everything in the entire world? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a struggle every year, but we, we manage every year but for those that are listening new listeners this is a professional wrestling podcast where shay and i talk about the hottest topics throughout the wrestling week we recap the hottest topics from each show that is on tv and get you ready for anything big that's coming up so uh why don't we get into it we have a lot of wrestling to talk about um you know and a lot of setup for the pay-per-view coming up day one on the on the wwe side of things they have day one coming about what is it two weeks away from now uh yeah 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 because yeah, it's on new year's day yeah which is pretty cool um but yeah they're setting up for the main event which is again like i said before uh they were dangerously getting convoluted in the main event <laughs> and with our with our already being a triple threat match then last week we saw bobby lashley lay waste to everybody in that main event and then inserting himself in the main event this week. But at least he had to actually do something to get into the main event. I feel like they, I feel like the people of WWE listened to our show last week mm-hmm. when we specifically said, why do we have to make this a four person match? It's already going to be convoluted enough. Don't make it worse. And they're like, you know what? We're just going to ruin their day and <laughs> we're going to do it just to spite them because here we are 
Like, why is this even a thing? I get that you want to have Lashley remain relevant, but you can mm-hmm. do that in other ways instead of throwing him right back into the, into the title picture. It's just annoying. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think they really have no idea what they want to do uh, no. it, with this match. I mean, you got Big E, who's basically a, still a fresh, brand-new champion. Yeah. And this might, this might be his toughest test to date, um, you know, going up against three other men where he only has a 25% chance of winning the match. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you also have Kevin Owens, who just re-signed with the WWE, so you feel like they have to kind of throw him a bone, I guess, for loyalty purposes. Oh, yeah. Uh, you would hope. You know, yeah, because, I mean, you know, everybody had him pegged for for leaving just like Gargano and Kyle O'Reilly, and he decided to stay and re-sign with the WWE. But again, and then you have Seth Rollins, who, who's really on a, on a big tear with this visionary drip character that's kind of working out for him and is solidifying himself as a multi-dimensional character. So you have a lot of people who have, who have viable reasons for winning the title. And then you have Bobby Lashley, who's just like, well, I was the former champion. I deserve to be in this picture anyway. Yeah. And it's, and then just add me to the match. And then there you go. It's yeah, it's, it's going to be crazy. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like, it would be a really big deal if Biggie retains in this match because, like you said, it's going to be his toughest match to date, like toughest mm-hmm. title defense to date. So if he can beat three of these guys, or at least, I mean, even outlast them, because that's really what these multi-person matches are about, outlasting the other competitors. Mm-hmm. What else do we have to throw at him? Because that's a tough test. When you see the guys in this match, it's uh, it's going to be tough for him. Right. And the it's interesting of note the way they made Bobby Lashley um I guess quote unquote earn his way into this match. He had to take on all three men that are in the match as well uh in a gauntlet style sort of deal where he first took on Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens uh as soon as Bobby Lashley went to go put him in the hurt lock, he tapped out. He wanted no part of that hurt yeah. lock. And then when he went to take on uh Seth Rollins they kind of had this genius idea where if Seth Rollins gets hit by Kevin Owens, who comes out, uh, comes down to ringside. If he gets hit, that's a disqualification. So that's what they did, you know. And, yeah. then, and then when they realized what was happening, I thought it was genius. And then of course, Adam Pearce, Sonya Deville had to come out and ruin all the fun. Of course, and say and say this match it will be restarted, and the match going forward will be a no disqualification match. But of course. Uh, but it really didn't mean anything because Seth Rollins was just distracted, got a roll-up victory, uh, and then uh, a pinfall victory. And Bobby Lashley moves on to Big E, who wanted no part of the shenanigans from Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Went out there, had the match, and then MVP gets involved, striking him, I guess, in the kneecap area with the cane. Well, at least, and we, then, at least he knew which knee it was this time. It wasn't gold. Yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> I had uh, yes. to. I couldn't help myself. You couldn't help yourself, but that's okay. Um, but yes, his knee was compromised throughout the match, and he attacks the knee with the cane. Bobby Lashley picks up the win, and that's how he's inserted into the main event picture. So again, hopefully nothing else happens uh, that another person gets added into the match because mm. they think they deserve to be or anything like that. Hopefully they can flesh this out with two weeks left to promote a day one pay-per-view. Yeah, I'm hoping so, too, because it's going to be anything more is going to be a little convoluted, but we know Mm -hmm. WWE loves convoluted. So 
who knows. One thing I did like on Raw was Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop. Yes. Um, yes. This was the second week in a row that they had a match. Uh, but this one actually had a finish to it. And these two women have pretty good chemistry with each other. Yeah, and I'm glad that they're actually letting, we're going to say Piper Nevin, because we've said it before, Dewdrop's just a dumb name. I'm not entirely <laughs> sure why they even still had her use his name in the first place. Right. This is the type of wrestler we knew Piper Nevin could be. Like, we knew this. We knew how good she was. We saw her in the Mayon Classic. We saw her in NXT UK. So it just pissed me off that she was relegated to whatever she was as Dewdrop. Now they're finally realizing, oh, we actually have some talent with her. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you did. It, it took you long enough to figure it out. So I'm glad that they finally let her use her talent. And against someone like Bianca Belair, that match was really good. Yeah, Bianca's solidifying herself as someone who can definitely go with all types of opponents. Yes, you know she she's kind of she she's like a female AJ Styles who's mm-hmm. just so versatile in the ring that she can go with any style of opponents. Where it's a, whether it's a powerhouse, uh, another high flyer, or anything like that, she could just do it all. And I think like she has chemistry with a lot of people. And it to me, I've been saying it for weeks. They they they're thinning out their women's division. Yeah, and they need to put. They need to focus on other people besides the normal Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks contingent, and uh, maybe get some new blood in there. And that's probably one of Dewdrop's best showings on the show. Oh, absolutely! I completely agree with that. So hopefully, this is the start of them actually. Oh, I don't know, bringing in different challengers than we've yeah. seen in the last year and a half, two years. So I'm all yeah, for but- it. On the flip side, though, um, which I know is one of our questions in our mailbag segment, um, but uh, on the flip side, they had Rhea Ripley take on Queen Zelina, and that was basically enough to fit in a TikTok video. Um, I I just wanted to get your thoughts on that really quickly, even though it's, it's one of the questions. It's just interesting that, A, it was in this segment, what was the purpose of it? They could have easily just forgotten about it, but they didn't. Literally take everything I just said mm-hmm. about Piper Nevin and reverse it. And this is how I feel about Rhea Ripley. I am so sick and tired of mm. what they're doing with her because yet again, we have seen the kind of star she is capable of being. We have seen her in the May Young Classic. We've seen her in NXT, NXT UK. We've seen her when she won the Raw Women's Championship. She is capable of being a star. And this is what you do to her. Are you like yeah. are you kidding me? You literally and I don't mean this any I don't mean any disrespect to Nikki Cross or Nikki ASH. That is the position Nikki should have been in, not Rhea. Because I feel like you put Nikki and Rhea next to each other. I would think nine times out of ten fans are gonna want to see Rhea more. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It's just like the Nikki ASH thing is just it's not working. I know that it was her idea. She wanted to come up with a great. It probably works for the kids. It does not work for the majority of WWE fans. Rhea is the kind of woman that they want to see. And you relegate mm-hmm. her to that. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if, if it's all setting up because, you know, they're trying to point, uh, they're trying to make Nikki seem like she's 
becoming a detriment to everyone yeah. around her. Yes. Um, and so I'm wondering if the the latest shenanigans that happened this week where she caused that roll-up win in less than a minute, I'm wondering if they're maybe going to switch Rhea Ripley heel. Oh, I I would love it because we've seen her as a heel. She's mm-hmm. she's done some of her best work as a heel, so I would be totally for it if yeah. and there's the there's the big if Uh-oh. she actually comes out of that feud with Nikki the winner because what good would it do Rhea to finally turn heel to get on a roll of momentum only to have her lose to Nikki Asage? I think she's done enough of that when she they were feuding with Charlotte, so. Give Rhea something better to do, please. I'm begging yeah. you. <laughs> Come on. We saw the latest chapter between uh, Becky Lynch and Liv Morgan. I think they're setting up for a match at the day one pay-per-view, but mm-hmm. um, Becky uh, decided to take out Liv's arm, <laughs> trapping it in the stairs and stomping away I, on it like a mad person. I loved what she said at the end, too, where she's like, what was it? I'm going to go home. I'm going to work out. I'm going to go be with like my hot husband and my beautiful child or whatever. You go put some ice on that. Like Becky, you're such a bitch, but I love it. I love (laughs) it. It's just, that's Becky. Yeah. She's kind of, she's kind of morphed into the Conor McGregor of WWE. Exactly. And and I'm all for it. You know, I am. I am too. And I don't, I don't know. I'm starting to get a feeling. Our dreams might be coming true, Eric. They might be. We might see Liv Morgan as Raw Women's Champion at some point because what are we doing if not building this up for her to win? I'd hope so, unless the everyone's just the pipeline to Becky Lynch and kind of like the Hulk Hogan way where, the, oh. you know, they're just fed to Becky Lynch to lose. They're built up and built up and then they go to Becky Lynch and they lose. I'm just hoping they're not continuously torturing us because I think they've done that enough with us and Liv. Um, they've, oh, yeah. they've teased us enough. But I just still can't help but go back to when it was, I think, in an interview or something, Liv had said, Becky told her before she left last year, Mm -hmm. if I have my way, you'll be women's champion when I come back. So clearly Becky sees something in Liv, just like we all see something in Liv. So what are we doing? Put the belt on her. And and here's the contingent, too. If you put the belt on her, give her a legitimate reign, not... Oh, she wins the title, and then a week later she loses it. Like, yeah, don't think, do that bullshit. Yeah, I think we're all just waiting for her to get a legitimate reign, a legitimate title reign. I just think for me, the only the only thing that I would like her to tweak is just her deliveries and her promos. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like she has she's so amped up to tell her story, yeah, and they're actually using her story in a promo that. She can, you know, let her emotions sometimes get the better of her. Yeah. And that kind of sets Becky up to point the finger and go, ha ha, look, you can't even keep yourself together mm-hmm. delivering a promo. Yeah. You know, I want her to be confident. I want her to, you know, stand there and, and deliver her words with confidence. So that way it looks like, oh, I can definitely take on Becky Lynch and be in that spot and and be well deserving of that spot, which I think she she will gain over time. It's much more over time she'll get that confidence, especially going back to back with Becky Lynch. If they could have another banger match like they did last time, it just it sets her up to be something big, you know. Oh yeah, I I completely agree. Once she finally, and maybe that's the storytelling they're doing. Mm-hmm. She's like slowly but surely gaining her confidence. I mean, just like Bianca Belair. 
how many times do we see Bianca when she would be in these big matches start to lose her composure? And then just recently, she wasn't losing her composure anymore in these matches. She gained that confidence and that even keelness to mm. not just lose her cool during these matches. So I feel like we're seeing that with Liv a little bit. And I think it'll pay off at some point. I'm just hoping it's going to be sooner rather than later because I'm not sure fans have much patience with them yeah. screwing Liv over. So if she doesn't walk out of this feud champion, ooh, a lot of people are going to be mad. You and I included. Yeah, I think so. I think it's her. I think it's her time. Something to do. Something a little different. Spice things up yeah. and show that they have confidence instead in in someone other than, like I said before, that contingent of the horse women. Yeah, totally agree. All right, so that moves us on from Raw. We go to Tuesday nights in NXT 2.0, and we all know how critical I've been of NXT 2.0, but I will say that this week I was a little bit more interested in the in the episode that was happening, uh, which, which was going on. A lot of stuff was going on, and this time I felt what was different was they didn't shove new people down our throats. Uh, they kind of tried to build some stories around what they have so far, especially I was interested in Grayson Waller, mm -hmm. uh, sort of solidifying himself as the new bad guy, uh, of NXT and them kind of using LA Knight in a face role. Yeah. Grayson Waller is now public enemy number one. Yeah. After what he did oh. to Johnny Gargano, even on Twitter, you just see some of the like other talent just trash talking him on Twitter. And, I, I love it. Yeah, it could work. It could definitely work. And I think this, what you say, kind of plays into what I was talking about. I think it was last week or a few weeks ago. It's definitely going to be the growing pains of NXT because, like you said, there are so many new faces. And we're so mm -hmm. used to, like, the black and yellow brand of NXT that I think now we're going to finally start seeing some interesting stuff happen. It's just, mm -hmm. it was just going to take time because, obviously, there's all these new people. And now that they've got these new people... They're actually going to start making storylines with them, and it might actually be interesting again. I'm hoping, because yeah, ugh. yeah, I, I like that. Uh, you know, because I, I wasn't really because again, I, before all of this, I put Grayson Waller in the same category as everybody else that they're kind of shoving down our throats. I was like, okay, it's new, but it's happening so fast that I can't really, you know, sink my teeth into anyone. And for yeah, for Grayson Waller, he stepped out of the shadow, kind of took out the old guard in Johnny Gargano, who's on his way out. And then, you know, throughout the show, he gets kicked out of the locker room, which I thought yep. was pretty interesting. Um, and then he gets an ear beating from Io Shirai, which was, yeah. I thought was funny. And then, of course, um, at the end, he, you know, he beats down LA Knight and takes his ride, which I thought was kind of interesting. They're really putting a lot of faith in Grayson Waller. So um, hopefully that comes to be true and then also we had the debut of harlan yeah who, who is a very scary individual of course um it was an easy match for him no problem took uh took apart his opponent guru raj with ease and then he didn't really adhere to the referee after the match was over so they all start coming out the referees and they kick him and Joe Gacy out. I know you're not a fan of Joe Gacy, but what'd you think of Harlan's debut? Uh, yeah, I think we found his, uh, bodyguard because yeah. clearly not many people like him. I can't imagine why. So <laughs> of course he was going to need some protection and oh boy, <laughs> does he have protection at Harlan? Because yeah, he is, uh, like you said, very, 
intimidating, very scary. Mm. Um, very scary. You don't want to make eye contact with them because it's just, it's scary. But yeah, we I think we found another strong big guy for NXT and yeah. caught help whoever has to be in the ring with him because oh, it's going to be painful. Well, um, as officials force Harlan and Joe Gacy to leave, he grabs WWE official Brian Kendrick and throws him down a flight of stairs. Yeah. <laughs> WWE medical staff put Kendrick in a neck brace and after the impact and eventually sent him to a local hospital for further evaluation. So they're definitely trying to set him up as, as you say, as like the bodyguard, but also as basically a psychopath. Yeah, you could you could say he's a little unhinged. It's a, it's pretty safe to say that. Just a tiny bit. Just a bit. Uh, then we had Cora Jade take on Dakota Kai. This match, uh, it could have been better. I felt like the setup to it was a little lackluster. What they tried to do is set up Cora Jade as the ultimate underdog, but she didn't have a comeback in this match. It just kind of she got beat down and then got the roll up win and but this eventually sets up a lot of different things that are happening with Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez yeah I all right so you know I love Dakota yes and you know that I don't mind Cora Jane I think she's pretty cool she has the aesthetic that I mean Mm -hmm. obviously I'm into and whatever but we said this in the production meeting I will say it again you cannot continuously have her just get these roll-up wins. At some point, you're going to have to have her legitimately win a match. And you can't say War Games because War Games, she literally crawled halfway across the ring and pinned somebody. That wasn't a legitimate (laughs) win. You have to have her actually use a finisher or something to win one of these matches because people are going to get really tired of it after a while. Just how I think some people got tired of Riho, which I know you love Riho. I love Rio. A lot of people were getting tired of, oh, you mean to tell me someone twice her size is getting beat by a roll-up? It's come on, it's gets ridiculous after a while. So at some point, they're gonna have to have Cora legitimately win a match because like I said, the underdog ultimate underdog thing's gonna get really old with people. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just and I'm also just tired of seeing Dakota lose. That's why I'm really hoping she beats Raquel in that street fight next week because God, she needs something. Anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, what I, I don't know what they're doing with Raquel because all signs to me point like she could be someone that they can use on the main roster. Oh yeah. So maybe, so maybe she's still. They're like, well, she still was part a major part of the black and gold part mm-hmm. uh, of NXT, and you know we can actually use her in the in the main roster and something like that. And yeah, having her having her lose to Dakota Kai seems like the the most WWE way of of a send off. Well, you know, and yeah, and I feel like a street fight honestly favors Dakota more because now she can do whatever she wants to get the victory, and that just fits somebody like Dakota, who's completely unhinged, clearly already has some street fight experience. If anyone remembers her street fight with Tegan Knox to take over Portland, which was a fantastic match, by the way. So mm-hmm. she has the experience, and her character perfectly fits a street fight. Use whatever she can to take her out. And obviously, I mean, we know she could be Raquel in a regular one-on-one match because it's Dakota. She's capable of beating somebody like that. But to add no rules, throw everything out the window, I think she might actually have a chance this time. At least I hope she does because they can't continue to have someone like her lose. It sucks. 
Yeah, and I feel like Dakota still kind of fits the aesthetic of NXT 2.0. Yeah. Like she she fits more as like someone who can who can be at the top of the picture. I know Mandy Mandy Rose has the title, but it feels like Mandy Rose is an afterthought. Yeah, like I think it's safe to say no one cares about Mandy Rose <laughs> except Mandy Rose fans, which I'm sorry if there are any Mandy Rose fans out there, but it is <laughs> besides them does anyone legitimately care? about mandy rose's champion because i know i know i sure don't it's i mean just, like i said yeah like i said she's been sort of an afterthought and yeah and everything all of this and and dakota and raquel's and a little bit of cora jade is kind of taking over the picture yeah it's almost like oh you're here too oh yeah whoops i kind of feel like they're setting up for a cora jade mandy rose feud for the title yeah. Which I'm I'm not opposed to, but I, I just need to see a little bit more, like you say, a little bit more fine-tuning with how they book Cora Jade. And like you said, the roll-up thing can get kind of overdone, so you don't want yeah. her to fall back into that and make that a habit. Exactly. All right. So the main event of the evening was Braun Breaker taking on NXT Cruiserweight Champion Roderick Strong. And I got to say, uh, this is probably... Braun Breaker's best match, uh, singles match for sure. These guys kind of went into deep water, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just back and forth. Um, nothing too spectacular, but it really showed that Braun Breaker can kind of, he's, he's, you can see the steps that he's getting there. He's kind of putting things together. He's got to kind of figure out his offense a little bit. Yeah, and he but but he's got the pieces there working together, and Roderick Strong is a veteran, so of course he can go against anybody, and he knows how to make people look good. Um, I'm just kind of wondering why would they put Roderick Strong, who's the NXT Cruiserweight Champion, in this position to lose by pinfall uh, by someone who's obviously not a cruiserweight. Yeah, it was just it was very odd, like really <laughs> odd. Um, I don't know, it's. We know what's coming at some point. You know, Braun Breaker's going to beat Tommaso for the title. So, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's going to be weird. It is going to be so weird. <laughs> I, think, I think it's it's a lot to do with we're still hung up on, on the black and gold part of NXT. And we're not, it, it just feels like NXT 2.0, it's almost like a... a pretty painted version of the wwe main roster in the booking where yeah. it's just constantly shoving those new people down our throats no solidified storylines i mean i like i said i am happy that they're doing what they're doing with grayson waller i think he stepped out yeah. but they need more of that before they decide to just keep bringing in these new people and more and more and more and more yeah so it yeah i like you and i've always said it's gonna suck for us because we're just so used to the black and yellow brand but mm-hmm. at least braun breaker like you said is putting things together he's starting to actually look like someone who could legitimately be champion it's just a mm-hmm. matter of is he really ready yet and i yeah. i don't know yeah uh that's an interesting question for our listeners do you think braun breaker is ready for a championship run yeah uh, you, you can let us know on social media we'll let you know all the links to that later on in the show but that concludes our recap of nxt 2.0 and now we move to the other side of the wrestling world where we talk about aew dynamite and this show is interesting because it was aew dynamite winter is coming uh headlined by 
Hangman Page defending the AEW world title against the number one contender, Brian Danielson. And man, did they deliver. I was interested. I thought it was interesting that they started the show off with this match. I figured they would let it go to the very end. But there was a reason this match went on first. This match went an hour long. Yeah. It, and honestly, I know a lot of wrestling fans don't pref- they don't like these longer matches because, mm. you know, the attention span or whatever. I think this deserved an hour long. It was yeah. fantastic. And I think it is safe to say it was easily a match of the year candidate. I think so. I think it, I think it's my match of the year because for me, um, I guess my age kind of I'm I'm like on the cusp of this new uh, form of wrestling, but still like the old guard of wrestling where there's storyline and there's actual uh, physical storyline being yeah. told in the ring in a match and stuff like that. Sometimes that stuff can can it's like rules be damned you know um but this match had a really really good story where brian was being the cocky asshole throughout the match and trying to get under hangman's skin and his whole thing was this is his first title defense probably his biggest title defense he'll have in his entire reign you know i don't see a match superseding or going beyond what these two men did but again it was a great story they told story by by body parts you know first brian was going for the midsection and the sternum of hangman page then he went for the arm and then brian kicked the post and almost broke his tibia bone in his in his shin and it, it was yeah and then uh you know hangman getting busted open was kind of an interesting part of the show i, I mean it was it was it was everything you wanted in a wrestling match where you, you can see how good Brian Danielson is of a professional wrestler. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think because we had talked about the build up to this match as being the first chance for Hangman to establish his credibility as champion and who better to go against than Brian Danielson, who I don't think there's anybody on a hotter streak than him right now. Without yeah. a doubt. So I think it's safe to say Paige definitely established his credibility as champion in this match. Even though it went to a draw, it wasn't... I think some champions, you can tell they're just not ready for it because they kind of get lost in like big matches like this. Mm-hmm. He didn't. He he was, he was rose to the occasion. It never looked too overwhelming for him. He stayed toe-to-toe with Danielson that entire 60 minutes. And... It was just, it was fantastic. Like, I, it was a great match. It was brutal at some points. It was, uh, it was tough, hard hitting, and yeah, people were booing because it went to a time limit draw. But I think that just means that they wanted more, right? And yeah, I think it's I don't think they were mad. More. They're getting more. They're, yeah, I'm without a doubt. I'm, I'm wondering when they're gonna go ahead and do this rematch because you kind of the way AEW sets up their pay-per-views are not like normal pay-per-views where they happen every month you know they kind of happen every you know four months or so so you kind of wonder when are they actually going to do this again to make sure that they can capitalize on that feeling you know that everybody had it was like you know if if the crowd would have got five more minutes of that match like they wanted the roof would have came off the joint just from the pop from just getting five more minutes but you know, it's got to, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you can hear the money truck backing up oh, into yeah. 
AEW headquarters because people just want more of this match. And it's just it's just good to see an actual wrestling match with a wrestling storyline built into it. Like you said, throughout this match, you know, it just felt like a real wrestling match, like a big fight feel. And whenever they decide to do the rematch, it's going to be great for AEW. Oh, absolutely. And I think we're already waiting and like just anticipating this rematch and it's only been a few days yeah i seen i've already seen the match twice so that that'll let you know that i i feel like this match is definitely a strong contender uh for my match of the year Um, that was eric's stamp of approval right there yep no need for a flame emoji pull on that one that's four flames right there oh yeah without a doubt (laughs) Then on the show, we had a Wardlow take on Matt Seidel, which was kind of a squash match with uh, Wardlow getting the win with the power bombs. And then a weird thing happened afterwards where Sean Spears decided to smack uh, Matt Seidel around with the chair. Akara Shida and Serena Deeb had another great match. Uh, This was the rubber match in their trilogy of matches where Shida gets the win on a roll-up because Serena Deeb went into the exposed steel. And again, I, I'm I'm a big fan. As much as I'm a big fan of Riho, I'm a big fan of Hikaru uh, uh, Shida as well. I don't yeah. know. It's just their matches. They really have a great way of t- storytelling in the ring. But this was another great match against Serena Deeb. Um, and again, this is something that like they may be setting up for someone down the line to be like the first contender for the TBS title. Oh yeah. You know what I'm thinking? It could be either one of them. Yeah, definitely. It could be either one of them that, but I feel like they're, they're, they do things differently where they're solidifying multiple feuds and making multiple feuds meaningful rather than a four minute match here. Then we give this a 20 minute match, sort of like what they do in WWE. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even though Deeb lost, she still can vie for any of these titles at some yeah. point because she's just that good. And that was one of those matches where a loss wasn't going to hurt her. She'd have had to win that match. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I cannot wait. At some point, hopefully, we will see these two wrestle again. But now I think it's a good time to just separate them and move them away and let them go after some of the titles because we know how good Sheeta is. And clearly, mm-hmm. we know how good Deeb is. So I cannot wait <laughs> to see a match a title match with one of these two in it definitely definitely and then in the main event we had mjf take on dante martin defending the dynamite diamond ring uh this was for i guess the final of it all and uh it was a pretty solid match nothing too outrageous uh mjf retains and he keeps the diamond ring i feel like this is something where they can give the bad guy a weapon you know to use in the matches you know that he has going on and i feel like it would have not done really anything for dante martin i feel like any 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 reason we see dante martin on tv whether he's winning or losing a match people are just like wow this kid's really got something special so uh, it's special for dante martin to be on tv and i feel like he's one of the younger stars maybe not so much like one of the pillars of aew but right underneath with people like hook and you know stuff like that um, yeah, we got to mention Hook, which I, I was surprised they didn't capitalize on any uh, any Hook uh, love. They didn't right. they didn't have him come out during the show. He didn't have a match or anything. We'll get He's him a, next week on Rampage, though. Yeah, but I mean, damn, that's I crazy. I, I, I there was a video that they posted on Twitter, uh, a fan that was at the show, and after Winter is Coming, uh, Tony Khan introduced Hook and like 
the roof almost came off the joint. <laughs> of course, it, it because people love a hook, understandably so. We've been talking and, about it for how long now. And all he did was, you know, he comes out with his chips in his book bag, looks around, and then walks out and leaves. <laughs> right. And that's it. Yeah, that's not surprising. That's hook. But yeah, again, MJF defeats Dante Martin, retains uh, the Dynamite Diamond Ring. There's going to be a, a big match coming up for AEW Dynamite that I wanted to touch on really quickly. It's going to be CM Punk's teaming with Sting and Darby Allin to take on FTR and MJF on as part of the AEW Dynamite Holiday Bash next week. So what do you think about that match? Are you anticipating that match? Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be a pretty decent match because we've just seen these feuds just build up over time and it's going to be interesting to see how punk and Sting and darby all like cooperate because obviously you know Sting and darby they work well together we've seen it for god knows how long now but when you throw punk into the mix oh it's going to be interesting i cannot wait to see this one for sure for sure for sure but that is our coverage of aew dynamite winter is coming again it's highlighted by a match in a two-hour show they had one match go a full hour so there's not much to talk about yeah, no. aside from we got a full hour of a wrestling match that was damn good. Uh, and I could def it'll definitely hold up. It's one of those matches that you can go back and watch over and over again. And it was really, really good. Um, maybe, like I said, it probably is my match of the year so far. Yeah, I, I totally agree. All right. So we move over back to WWE for SmackDown where it's going to be the appearance of Roman Reigns, who's back from his sabbatical. But does he have, uh, you know, something to say to Paul Heyman after Paul Heyman kind of is still getting in the crosshairs of Brock Lesnar, and especially after last week, definitely acting like his advocate. But there was also Sasha Banks and Tony Storm teamed up to take on Charlotte Flair and Shotzi Blackheart. What'd you think about that match? Honestly, I thought it was a pretty good match. Like, you already know Charlotte and Sasha have great chemistry in the ring so mm -hmm. then you throw Shotzi and Tony into it and they didn't feel out of place in it at all really they and they gave them time who would have thought you actually yeah. give the women time and a clean finish by the way and it's a good match who would have thought again I know this is like mind-blowing concepts to WWE apparently but <laughs> it was good and you had two of the women's feuds in this match at the same time and it yeah. worked. It didn't feel out of place. It didn't feel clunky or anything. It worked. Who would have thought? Yeah. yeah, it definitely did. I thought it was interesting. I hope they see. We already know that Tony Storm is kind of like the Liv Morgan of SmackDown, where she's kind of inserted into this picture role to see if she can hang in the main event and see if she's another asset for WWE. And it's so weird to me, though, because... Anybody who's paid attention to the Mayon Classic and NXT and NXT UK knows she can be. So I'm not mm -hmm. entirely sure why they're just ignoring the fact that she was already a star before she went to the main roster. So it's kind of weird to me, but I don't know. It's They clearly have had amnesia from the past like five <laughs> years, but whatever. I forgot you know that they don't think NXT exists. Right. I think it's one of those things where... Like stuff like they did, like the May Young Classic and the Cruiserweight yeah. Classic. Those things were cool, but they were kind of like for like the the 
the hardcore fan, like you know, yeah. the the sometimes ostracized fan. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't typical uh, WWE programming. Mm-hmm. So of course, yeah, they don't really care about the storylines that they told using those those little formats like the May Young Classic. Yeah, which is a shame because they could actually use it for that magic word continuity, but they don't know what that word means. So <laughs> that's for mind. sure. Uh, we had the Viking Raiders defeat Jinder Mahal and Shanky in a match that nobody really cares about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Drew McIntyre interrupts Happy Talk, which uh, is another thing that I don't understand. I'm, Why are we wasting McIntyre on stupid shit like this? Yeah, it's not. I, I don't get Happy Corbin or Madcap Moss, and I it's don't just. Either. It, but then they give Madcap Moss a pay per view match against Drew McIntyre at the day one pay per view. Why? So. Yeah, I don't see anybody really going, wow, I can't wait for that Madcap Moss match. Yeah, seriously, like, no one cares. And it's a shame, because we already know Drew McIntyre's way above this, but you know what? Baron Corbin is, too. Yeah, yeah, he's actually really good. Like, Corbin, before this whole Happy Corbin and uh, bum-ass Baron Corbin thing, when he was just King Corbin or Baron Corbin, he was always having those sneakily good matches, those solid matches in the ring that it's kind of like those have become like an afterthought because you have them coming out in these horrible looking shirts, making jokes with Madcap Moss that make no sense and just being a goof. I don't think he should be a goof. No, he he did better when he was like Lone Wolf. Yeah, that was his best stuff easily. Yeah, like, but but he just and he had good matches. Yeah. He knew how to get under your skin as a heel, but he also had good matches. And this is just, I don't Not understand it. it. Yeah, I don't understand it. Um, Rich Holland got his first win on the main roster, defeating Cesaro, even though he kind of did it in nefarious means. Before the bell rang, he hit Cesaro in the ribs with his billy club, um, and that kind of gave him an opening to win, but a distraction from Sheamus allowed Holland to pick up the win. And again, his, his first win on the main roster, so congratulations to him. Yeah. Naomi and Shayna Baszler's was another match. I guess they, they there's this format, you know, similar to the Queen Zelina Rhea Ripley match where you'll have one good match for the women's division and then you'll have one match that could fit in a two-minute YouTube video. Yeah, and uh, okay. I have... <laughs> let me get a drink of water because I have a rant ready for this one. And believe it or not, it's not about Shayna at all. Oh, let's go. Okay. <laughs> you literally had the easiest setup for a feud imaginable with Naomi and Sonya Deville. Mm-hmm. You literally had a really good storyline that people wanted to see happen. You wanted to see Naomi and Sonya Deville in a match so Naomi could just kick the shit out of Sonya for screwing her over so many times. Mm. And what does WWE do? They screw it up because they always do. You (laughs) have literally done rinse and repeat with this storyline for months now. Mm -hmm. How many times do we have to see Naomi come out Mm. in a match and have Sonya tried to screw over with some roadblock or some stipulation. What is the point? And then it's like you had Sasha Banks in this at some point. You had Aaliyah, who Sonya screwed over for Survivor Series. And it's just, it's making it very hard for people to care anymore. Because you literally had, you had a slam dunk with this storyline. 
Mm-hmm. How easy would it have just been to put Naomi and Sonya into a match because fans wanted to see Naomi beat Sonya up for just basically just being a bitch. But no, <laughs> we have to keep doing the same stuff over and over and over again, week after week. And they're just going to be, oh, well, I don't know why the fans don't care anymore. Why well, can't imagine why? It's the same <laughs> stuff. I'm so, it's like, I don't know. What is it with the writing team sometimes where... The obvious answer is smacking them right in the face. And they're like, no, let's go for the most convoluted way to do this possible. And it is so annoying. So annoying. Because you see what they could have had. And they Mm -hmm. just felt the need to just overcomplicate it like they always do. And now fans aren't going to care as much because you could have... It literally reminds me of like an AEW Wardlow and MJF's potential split up. You have teased it and teased it and teased it so much that the effect is just not there anymore. People right. aren't going to care because you've been teasing it for months now and there's no payoff. So when the payoff finally happens, people are going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, it finally happened. That's <laughs> literally how they're going to feel with Naomi and Sonya, where we have been waiting and waiting and waiting that when the match finally happens, people aren't just going to care anymore. Yeah, I don't know if they're setting up for something big here or, or what, but... Like you said, they're they're milking the cow dry. Yeah, it's basically. it's been dry for a while. <laughs> they're milking the cow dry, but you said it all. You know, I can't really. There's not really much for me to say in terms of me. I just thought it was just weird that they had this like two minute deal where they could have done so much more. Like you said, yeah, but that that's their mo. They they wouldn't know sometimes a good storyline if it hit them right in the face. Yeah, and then for the main event, they had the New Day take on the Usos in a match that was just a match. I mean, it was a good match. It was another great match in their uh, crazy long feud that they've had. You could fill up uh, three Blu-ray DVDs with uh, New Day Uso matches that are all great. I just thought it was weird because you're promoting them having the championship match at the day one pay-per-view, which is in two weeks. And then you have them just have a match on SmackDown. Yeah. Just to have a match. And I mean, it was good because it's the new day in the Usos. They're Mm -hmm. not going to, it's not going to be a bad match because we've seen it how many times before it's like FTR and the Lucha brothers. They're not capable of putting on a bad match, but WWE loves to over-rely on these kind of matches because, once again, oh, well, if it works, we're just going to keep shoving it down fans' throats until they don't care anymore. They don't need to continuously go back to this multiple times a year. They can give it a break. Mm -hmm. Like, guys, come on. (laughs) I just love that you're such in a a rant-filled mood that it's working out great. Apparently, I am today. It's just like... (laughs) Come on, guys. Like, why do we have to keep doing this over and over again? But here we are. And then uh, in the latest chapter of the saga between Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Paul Heyman, uh, Roman Reigns returns from his sabbatical and uh, has a lot of questions for Paul Heyman. Mm -hmm. And his main question is, why is Paul Heyman trying to uh, protect Brock Lesnar from Roman Reigns? And Paul Heyman says, no, no, you have it all wrong. Mm -hmm. He says, I'm trying to protect you, Roman Reigns, from uh, Brock Lesnar. Mm 
mm-hmm. the devastation of Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that well, wasn't a good answer. Yeah, I mean, no. it was an honest answer. That was the wrong it's, answer. It's the wrong answer, but sometimes you got to give him credit for being honest and yeah. keeping it real, which Roman did give him uh, credit for being honest with him and being straightforward, but that didn't help Paul mm-hmm. Heyman. Uh, he ended up getting fired mm-hmm. and is no longer the special counsel to Roman Reigns. Nope. Not only that, but getting dismissed with a Superman punch right to the face. Yeah. I mean, we knew, I think this was going to happen eventually because we've heard it before and we even talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. Heyman is better suited for Lesnar because Lesnar on the mic is just, is just yeah. not, not good. Roman didn't really need Heyman after a while. Hell, I don't even think he really even needed Heyman at all because clearly he's capable of doing this on his own. He doesn't need mm-hmm. anybody. I mean, like, special counsel-wise. So I'm not mad at this. This was really great. This was a really good way to close the show. And it this is a different... This is the complete opposite of what I just ranted about where... They didn't really drag... I think, honestly, they didn't drag this on. This mm-hmm. was the perfect time to do it. it that's okay. why I think it frustrates me more where you see these storylines where they know just when to end them or just when to, like, move them forward. Right. And then you literally turn around and don't do the same thing with others. It, it's frustrating. The lack of consistency drives me nuts. But <laughs> at least they know how to do it, apparently. They yeah, don't know how it- to do it consistently. Yeah, it's one of those things. That's the frustrating part is that you see that they have means to be creative and be creative in a wrestling sense, yeah. uh, in or in in you know to tell stories. But they they don't do it throughout the show. It's only in the main event picture, and that's why I feel like Rome, the Roman Reigns story is probably the best story in WWE, and it's been so for so long, over a year. This whole entire uh, title reign, uh, it's going to be a little yeah. bit weird not seeing Paul Heyman out there with the bloodline. I will say that. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. I just, we know that this, obviously the match is happening to day one. We just, Mm -hmm. I just hope that Lesnar doesn't win the title because again, it's just the same old rinse and repeat Lesnar cycle. We see every time he comes back, it is not, we don't need him to win. That's the thing. Yeah. That's what's kind of got me nervous. Is like, you know, that they they might go that route where they have uh, Brock win. And I I wouldn't, like, I can't, I don't know if I'd be mad at it, but I'd be like, but the the tribal chief stuff is just too good. And you want to see somebody else hop in that picture after he's done with Brock Lesnar. And you want to see how long he can keep this reign going, if he can keep it going for 500 days and, and and solidify himself as as really one of the premier champions of this generation. I think that's for me. I I can see the wheels still going on the story of the tribal chief, and they don't have to take the title off of him. Yeah. But they also have this new face character of Brock Lesnar that they maybe want to try out as champion. But the thing is, he's never good. We're never going to see the title. That's the main no, thing with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He, is he's here? He's here more now every week during the title chase and then when he has the title that's it he just disappears yeah which that's what i hate it's like you need to have the title on the show so yeah i i'm just not looking forward to if i just hope he doesn't win that's all i'm saying (laughs) oh man you feel like you're gonna have a nervous breakdown more than usual yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> and then uh, that concludes our coverage of SmackDown this week. So we head back over to AEW for AEW Rampage. This was an interesting show. They had a bunch of multi-man matches. Uh, they had the Young Bucks and Bobby Fish and Adam Cole take on Orange Cassidy, Best Friends, and Rocky Romero, which I felt like was just an homage to their PWG style of, of matches. It was just kind of, it wasn't as chaotic as the as the main event, yeah. but uh, it was it was still a little still a little all over the place and kind of yeah. crazy, you know, Young Buck style matches. Yeah, I was kind of surprised at how tame it was because we've seen matches like this go completely off the rails right from the get-go and they didn't. It, it really yeah. didn't, but it was still a good match though. And I liked how they had Trent pick up the win because that immediately just solidifies his return because he's not weak he's not he doesn't have a target on his back well, i mean he does have a target on his back because of the injury but he's back he's mm. clearly still good in the ring looks great and i think it was the right choice having him pick up the win for the team yeah yeah definitely i think i think this is the most i've been interested in the best friends um which is kind of weird to say because I figured with Adam Cole and everything, he'd be in a way deeper part of maybe the main event title scene or something like that. Yeah. Not seeing him in this part where he takes on the best friends and stuff, but I feel like it's been some of the best friends' uh, best work. Yeah. So I think oh, it, yeah. it's it's good for them. I'm hoping at some point this finally leads to them winning the tag titles because I could easily see them being tag champs. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that would be good too. I feel like uh, maybe like, uh, you know, Chuck and Trent or maybe Orange and Chuck or something. Some contingent of the best friends yeah. little stable there Orange would be a Chris. great. Like, yeah. Like, they'd, yeah. Be a, they'd be a good fit for the tag team title picture. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander won the tag titles? That would be, <laughs> that'd be great. But um, yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a minute because I feel like we have to touch on. Uh, something they announced today or yesterday on Rampage. What's that? The certain, the certain tournament that they're going to be having in May. Yes, but, the Owen Memorial uh, yes. Tournament. Which, you and know they're what? doing two of them. Yeah, I might as well just say that now. I want What's Statlander that? to win that tournament. The women's tournament. Just hands down, I want Statlander to win that. Because we have seen for a while now, it's she gets to the, she gets there and just it it just slips away or it's just, mm. it's never the right time. I think this is the right time for her to win this time, the tournament, because why not mm. solidify Stadlander is one of your best women's division members because she is, she clearly is one of the best women's wrestlers on that roster. I will say it. Mm. So give stat the win. Interesting. interesting. That, that's what I want for my birthday. <laughs> that is, that uh, is, that will be my birthday present of stat winning the Owen Hart they, tournament for the women. There you go. And that's happening in, in May, you said, yep. correct? Yep. So, so there's still a lot of time, and I feel like, you know, there's going to be a lot going on because, again, it's two tournaments. It's not just one. It's one for the women, one for the men. So I'm interested in seeing the makeup of this tournament and how it's going to go, if it's going to be a typical one and done or maybe like a round robin. It's going to yeah. be pretty cool to see. That's why I'm kind of like, that's what I said. That's what May is my birthday. I'm born on May 30th, so that's why I remember back with this double or nothing I couldn't have gotten a better birthday present than Britt winning the title because Double or Nothing was on my birthday this year. It was May nice. 30th. So I don't know when Double or Nothing is this year, though, uh, or next year. 
No, nah, I think they haven't time. really. I know that for for my birthday, they're actually going to be in in my area, about forty five minutes away from me oh, in Atlantic seriously? City. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be around my birthday, so I really want to oh. check that out. Um, they now nah, they don't have a date for it yet, but it's usually like the end of May, so there might be a chance. But then again, my birthday I think is on a Monday this year, sadly, so it'll probably <laughs> be the 29th, but still, that's what I want for my birthday. Statlander winning the Owen Hart tournament, please. There you go, there you go. Birthday wishes already. <laughs> well, we're not done with the women's division of AEW. There was a submission match between Ty Conti and Penelope Ford. Uh, this was okay. I thought this was more tailored toward showing off what Ty Conti can do, which was yeah. pretty cool that they were able to show off her, her uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and judo skills that she's able to do. I think she's a black belt in one of those. So she definitely has the skills. Um, it just really, I'm not sold on Penelope Ford just yet. No, and it's... <sighs> I think looking at this match, you could tell the both of them are just not at that point yet. I don't mm-hmm. think. And we all knew as soon as you heard this was a submission match, you knew who was going to win. I mean, come on. Yeah. It, it's Ty Conti, for God's sake. But <laughs> and this is another uh, this is another storyline where it's going to run the risk of it just going too long. And I feel like Anna Jay and Ty Conti and Penelope Ford and the Bunny were starting to get there because how many times are we going to see... Penelope and the bunny knock one of them out with brass knuckles. Like at some point there has to be an end to this feud and clearly yeah. it's not there yet, but it's, yeah, there's still some room for improvement. I think it's uh, safe to say. Yeah. I think that's a good way to put it. There's room for improvement. Um, you know, just like I said, I, I, I understood the the reasoning behind this submission match. It was definitely to show off more of what Ty Conti can do. Yeah. Um. It just it didn't it didn't leave me saying oh well that was a great match great back and forth match and then somebody gets knocked out with the brass knucks anyway um after the match was over so it was just kind of like you said it's a continuation rather than a pinpoint to say this is what happened during this feud that made it so yeah yeah exactly and then you have uh, in the main event another multi man match with the Lucha Brothers Eddie Kingston Santana and Ortiz taking on two point Daniel Garcia and the Acclaim. Um, this was just a wild match where it was just like, forget all the rules, forget tag yeah. team rules, forget tagging in and out. This was just madness. This was <laughs> this was what I think people expected the first match to be. Yeah, wild from the start. And I will say though, this is a good match. Again, like you expect it to be car crash style when it comes to all these multi person matches, but. The ending kind of screwed me up a little bit. Not the fact that Daniel Garcia 2.0 and uh, the Acclaim won, because I feel like that's kind of the right choice because you can keep those feuds going, but it almost was like that wasn't supposed to be the ending. It was just just weird, at least to me, because it almost looked like it wasn't a three count. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was just so crazy that when the end happened, nobody really knew what happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, did... Did Bryce Remsworth screw up? Did Eddie kick out when he shouldn't have kicked? It was just weird. It was just so weird, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, like I said, rules be damned. Uh, sometimes Phoenix can do these really cool things in the ring, mm-hmm. you know, and, but sometimes like he's so on fire that 
He kind of when Too he much. went for the yeah, like when he went for that one move off the top rope, and he just completely whiffed and got. Yeah. I think it was Daniel Garcia with his knee. Yeah, you know, that didn't just, look good. Yeah, it didn't look good, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's when at that point I looked at the match and going sometimes AEW d- does these things. Where it's like there's a too clear much. mess up. Yeah, it's a clear yeah. too much, and there's a clear mess up, and all we do is go, oh, whoopsies, you know. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. That's just AEW, you know, and yeah, I guess it's just it's growing pains. I guess you could say. Yeah, you could say that. I think I think it's safe to assume that. I think it's yeah. I think it's just growing pains. But uh, that is our coverage of AEW Rampage. Again, it's only an hour long show. Yes. Um, and they had all these multi-man matches next week. I think they're doing Rampage on Saturday, correct? Um, I think they say Friday. I think it was. I'm trying to remember. Um, I think they're doing a Friday, and I think it's a nine. Because ah, I think okay. Christmas is Saturday, so obviously they're not doing anything on Christmas. So yeah, I think it's nine o'clock on Friday. Okay. Okay. But all I know is we're getting more hook. We are getting more hook. I'm excited. I cannot I, wait. I'm excited, and I'm. I feel like I've, your mom finally gets it. She's know? getting there. She's starting to. And <laughs> She's starting I, to get the hook hype. I think she is. Just give her a little more time. I think she'll finally understand it. But all we'll right, see. all right. <laughs> well, that concludes our recaps for the week in wrestling. Like I said, we went over the big points of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Dynamite, and Rampage, and that brings us to our favorite segment of the show, the mailbag segment, where we yes. answer some of your questions. And, and this oh week boy, we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions. Let me, all right, let me. All right, so I'm gonna start this one off because I already know where it is. So my friend Jordan, I was talking mm. to him a little bit last night, and I asked him if he had any questions, and he had a very Short but effective question. So, Jordan, Uh-oh. thank you. He asked, is WWE too big to fail? Ooh. I know. I know we're starting that, off with a heavy question there, but. That is a, that is a heavy question, and it's kind of it's kind of weird because, I mean, I don't know if there's any business on the planet that's, quote, unquote, too big to fail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, I feel like if. I feel like with as big as they are, they have a little bit of leeway to get away mm-hmm. with some stuff that could sink a smaller company. But if they continue to like make every wrong decision possible, it's I, like you said, there is no such thing as a company that's like too big to fail. It's just, they would have to do everything horrendously wrong to fail. Yeah. They would have to do a lot of things wrong and it's not like they, they haven't done things wrong. I think, Oh yeah. No, they do a lot the, of things wrong. I think, I, I think the, the Saudi deal kind of no, leaves was, people, Yeah. You know, speaking from a business standpoint, storylines and what they do creatively, you know, out of the picture, speaking from a business standpoint, I mean, I just feel like they do a lot of things that they show like they're such a global company that they are very, very massive and yeah. they can flaunt their, they can flex their money around and things like that. So I feel like they do those things and, and, uh, you know, for me, it's like the Saudi deal, you know, constantly shoving down Susan G. Komen down our throats, Yeah. you know, when they're not a good company to begin with, not a good company to begin with. And then they do these things like be a star to make them look like, you know, we're such a great, you yeah. know, progressive company and we're anti-bullying. But then you get some 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 storylines that bleed into that and you kind of wonder, is this the same company? Yeah, exactly. It's you could they could make a lot more smarter decisions but they mm-hmm. clearly just don't because i think it's because they know they can get away with it because they're big enough that oh it'll just even out eventually 
Yeah, I don't think there's a company that's too big to fail, but I think they are a company that can get away with a lot of bad decisions. Yeah, unfortunately, I uh, I do agree with that. Um, <laughs> so let's go here. We're going to go a little out of order. Um, so Mike actually asked us a few questions. So Mike, we appreciate it as always. Shout out to Mike. He said, what's with NXT? You had Tony D'Angelo versus Chase, a heel versus heel, but Tony acts as the face, then goes back to heel with Pete Dunn. What's going on? I, uh. I, it's one of those deals where they they really don't know what they have. No. They don't know whether they want to keep him. Because here's the thing, like, with certain characters in NXT, the fans are just going to gravitate towards them because they're characters, yeah. not necessarily because they're uh, good guys or bad guys, but because they yeah. may be entertaining characters. I mean, you look at Andre Chase, he has his own section of of NXT fandom in the audience. Yeah. So oh no matter how dumb his segments are, he's still going to have a group of fans that are going to cheer for him just because it's a, it's a character. And yeah. it's a thing yeah. that people can can latch onto and become a character of themselves. You know, they kind of want to always put themselves over, you know? So it's like, it's just one of those things. Um, But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm interested. I guess Pete Dunn is a face now. Um, he a tweener maybe. Yeah. It's, it's like I said, there's still a lot of confusion. There's still a lot of confusion when it comes to NXT. So they're definitely not off the hook just yet. I feel like just because they had one good episode this week where we got to see some stuff from Grayson Waller and Braun Breaker actually had a good match. That's like a win for them, but they, they haven't really sold me just yet. Yeah, I, I agree. I do agree. It's, uh, Again, I think we just need to give it time, unfortunately, but yeah. Yeah, see where they're going with it, you know? Mm-hmm, exactly. But uh, his next question is kind of the same Kind of it's the same thing that goes off of this one. So you had Braun Breaker boot Waller out of the locker room, which was a face move, but then, fight, then fought strong. Basically, it was kind of like a heel versus heel thing. He just thinks there's mm-hmm. no continuity. Yeah, I mean, that's the main thing about NXT right now is that they're, they're so focused on introducing these new stars that they haven't built the ones that they they keep putting new people in there yeah. you know rather than okay we we've introduced a plethora of new people let's start forming some stories around them with some continuity and yeah. it sucked because continuity was NXT's best thing yep exactly. you know it was their it was their best deal where they would plant these seeds and and these seeds would grow into these massive stories that took months and months, but you were invested in them and they made sense. And it was like watching a, a drama with wrestling. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. I feel like, I feel like with WWE, like NXT 2.0 is just an afterthought of WWE. You know, it's like a, a extension of it. Yeah, um, exactly. It's, yeah, it's just, it's a thing. It's the thing. <laughs> and then my, my favorite question, which I feel like I kind of already want, went on a rant about, but why is Rhea Ripley in such short matches? <sighs> Your guess would be as good as mine. I think it's kind of like what we talked about. At least hopefully we think this mm. is what this is, is where they're kind of teasing a feud between Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea, Rhea, Rhea Ripley, and she might turn heel, which... yeah. God, I hope. I just, hope she, <laughs> I just hope she goes back to her winning ways because Rhea. I think I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. She deserves way more than these, these like short matches. It's trash. 
they I mean they all do to a certain extent. I think these short matches where they're two minutes long and they're won by a roll up, it does nobody any favors. Whoever wins or loses, it doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't do anybody yeah. any favors. Uh yeah. but then you look at what they can do with Dewdrop and Bianca Belair and you see like they clearly had the talent and the time. You know, it's just yeah. I wonder if there's no faith and what was what's what's bumming me out is that like we're kind of going back to where it was when there was like give divas a chance yes. and it's it's an, it's yes. another thing it's another thing it's one of these stupid mistakes that this company does mm-hmm. that they're setting themselves up for another social media backlash and then they're just gonna go oh we're so sorry and then they'll yeah, give sorry us we a, won't do it again but we'll we do it again and we won't do it again here's a, a an all women's pay-per-view yeah that you know we just forgot about yeah, it's called consistency. On. I think they kind of need to look up what the word consistency means because clearly they're lacking in it. Definitely, for sure. But Mike, thank you for those questions. We appreciate it. Yeah, Mike's cool. He's always sending oh, yes. in those voice messages and giving us words of encouragement. So Mike, thank you very much for your questions, man. Yes, we do always appreciate the support. Now we go on to the mom segment of the show, which <laughs> you cannot believe. She just she just loved that I said we have a mom segment. She just would not stop talking about it yesterday. So, <laughs> and she had to come up. She always has to tell me I have to come up with my questions for this week. And she actually has two this week instead of one. So nice. So mom, thank you for the questions as always. Um, who? Okay, we're gonna say that one for last because that's a good one. Uh, how do we feel about the current face, Brock Lesnar? Um, I think her and I even talked about this last night. I feel like it's more of like a tweener thing, not really mm-hmm. full on face, because I don't think Lesnar could be a full on baby face if he tried. It's fine. Like <laughs> I don't know. Like we know I'm not a fan of Lesnar, so it's just like yeah. this is whatever. But I guess if you have Roman Reigns as a heel, you have to, I guess, have Lesnar as a tweener. I guess, but I don't know. Yeah, like for me, it's just like, okay, now we see why Paul Heyman does all the talking when it yeah. comes to Brock Lesnar. Um, that's that's going to be the interesting part is like Heyman does such a good job as portraying Brock Lesnar as this monster who can mm-hmm. cannot really be contained or can't be stopped. Yeah. So how do you how do you have a monster that cannot be contained, cannot be stopped? He's going to realign himself with Paul Heyman. Yeah. But he also has a smile on his face. Yeah, it just it doesn't it doesn't fit. Yeah, it just doesn't look right. Weird. It's kind of weird. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. How yeah. they make him this unstoppable monster, where he's kind of jovial and happy to be there almost. You yeah, know? it's like let's not do that. It's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. Um, yeah. Oh man, it's, it's 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 definitely odd to see a man like Brock Lesnar, who I would be petrified. To be in front of, yeah, be be so happy go lucky. Exactly. I it. I don't know. I don't know. That's easy. Brock Lesnar scares me. He scares me. Yeah, exactly. It it's just you. You can't look at someone who immediately intimidates you and go, yeah, he makes sense as a baby face. <laughs> like no, it doesn't. It yeah. doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. Um. All right. This is a this is a really good one. Who are our candidates for both female and male wrestler of the year? Ooh, good one. I want to hear yours. Okay. So I was thinking about this earlier, and it's really impossible to try and only pick just one. So I'll, I'm just going to name off some names because why not? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So for, for female, um, easily Britt Baker, because how could you not? She's easily, even not having the title was the face of AW Women's Division. And mm. 
there was a lot of hype going with her and she's backed it up and continues to back it up even with all the injuries she has sustained um who i think you have to say even outside of wwe diana perrazzo i think is another Ooh. one um i think she was very good as impact knockout champion because how could she not be she was having good matches with literally everybody um hmm. gotta say bianca belair bianca belair was another great champion um Hmm. Like we, I mean, we talked about her at length earlier in the show. She has matches with just about good matches with literally everybody was mm. easily one of the breakout performers of the year. Um, hmm. Who else could we put? Um, trying to think of one more. I would say probably, and the worst part is you can't really immediately say like Sasha, Becky and Charlotte, because they were, there were periods of time where they weren't there. Especially mm-hmm. Becky and Sasha, so um, yeah, I, I'll just say those three. I'll say Britt, Bianca, and Deanna Perazzo. Those are good, solid picks. Um, I think for for my women's, I would uh, I would definitely say Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. I felt like Britt Baker consistency has matches where. She's looking forward to the. You're looking forward to them yeah, as a viewer. Exactly. You know her matches, and her matches seem to always over deliver mm-hmm. in a way. And I think for such a young company, when they're solidifying their quote unquote pillars, you know, yeah. she's a pillar of the women's division, and she's kind of like the standard bearer. So I definitely would think uh, for the women's, Britt Baker really is deserving. And in a certain way, I think I think to go against what you said, I think Becky in a way deserves um, yeah a little bit for, for having such an immediate impact from SummerSlam to now and being yeah. that there was a transformation in the middle of that from a face character that everybody was happy to see and then in 26 seconds she, you know she flipped everything around and everybody's like oh crap yeah. like yep. we, we we got what we wanted but at what cost yeah everything you know, you know, we got what we wanted when we wanted to see Becky Lynch, but that means that Bianca Belair loses the title. And not only loses the title, but loses the title yeah. in 26 seconds. Yeah. So that sort of immediate impact says something to the star-making ability of uh, Bianca, uh, of Becky Lynch. Yeah. So I think Becky deserves some recognition, but um, definitely Britt Baker, um, for sure, mm-hmm. um, is someone that's high up on the list for female wrestler of the year who do you have for male wrestler of the year uh, well i think the easiest name to say is brian danielson bar none mm-hmm. because yeah. like i said earlier i don't think there is a single wrestler male or female in wrestling that's hotter than him right now mm-hmm. um kenny omega yet to say it even though unfortunately he wasn't the cleaner we all wanted to see he still put on fantastic matches time and time again yeah, we saw glimpses of it, but yeah. I feel like I feel like his injuries kind of held him down. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I think you could throw Hangman in there as well, mm-hmm. and then WWE has to be Roman Reigns. Yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> you don't even have to explain that one. That one's just easy. Um, Roman Reigns. Yeah, just just Roman Reigns. Um, trying to think. Honestly, I feel like you could also make some arguments for Biggie and Bobby Lashley, but I feel like. When you're looking right away, like your quick answers are definitely Danielson, Omega, Page, and Reigns. I think. Yeah, yeah. I for for the men's, I I definitely had 
uh, Brian Danielson as as my top guy um, this year. Just the caliber matches um, again, much like Britt Baker, you you anticipate those matches, and then when those matches happen, they seem to over deliver. Yeah, you, you know, know what we should do? Maybe that should be like the end of the year podcast. Maybe we should do like not like an awards kind of show, but like talk about like female male wrestler of the year, match of the years, all that fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. I'd Maybe we down. should do that then. That that should work. Yeah, we should we should uh map that out, but that would be uh definitely a fun episode to do cuz oh, there yeah. has been a lot of great wrestling and it's it's oh, yeah. so, it's like, you know what? Not all of it has been one-sided just AEW, but there yeah. still has been some great matches, some great wrestling. And again, I feel like those what 14 what 15 matches that Brian has had since going oh, to AEW have all yeah, they've all been great, but they've always told a story. It wasn't just yeah. a match to be a match it was a match that kind of had a little bit of a story behind it so mm-hmm. i think that's what helped on the wwe side like you said there's no one hotter than roman reigns um which is crazy to say because you know what five six years ago mm-hmm. you know nobody we all knew him. nobody wanted him i knew he was going to be the guy i just felt yeah. like look at him you like and me both yeah I, feel, I was just like look at him he looks like the prototypical wwe superstar how can he not be the guy yeah you know um, but maybe it just wasn't his time. This is some of his best work has been done. So now, and like I said, I feel like there's still some wheels to the tribal chief character. That's why I don't feel like it's necessary for, uh, him to lose the title to Brock Lesnar. Exactly. I feel like Brock Lesnar is one of those guys. Like you've always said, you've said it countless times. You said Brock Lesnar doesn't need the title. No. And I, I feel <laughs> like, it, it, I feel like that's, I don't think. Roman needs the title per se. He just makes the title better. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, those Roman and uh, Brian Danielson are my two male uh, uh, superstars wrestlers of the year. I completely agree with those. Those are definitely good choices. I mean, easy choices too. Like sometimes they make it very easy for us, but (laughs) all right. So now we go to the Jack segment of our questions. And he's got some good ones, as always. And I think we all know, we always know what our last question is going to be, but we'll save yeah. that for last. So Jack asked, why is Bobby Lashley being booked like a valiant fighting baby face overcoming the odds? This is hurting Biggie's reign a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah the only thing that, that saves this is if Biggie wins the Fatal 4-Way at day one, and then that'll solidify him as like, okay, he's a legit champion. But then... Who you you have him take on the three other guys? Then what do you have him do? Take them on, exactly. take them on each individually. No, please, to, no. Please, I feel no. like that's what I feel like that's what's gonna happen. Ugh. They're all gonna face each other at Shit. day one. I we hope not. <laughs> I'm just. We all hope for Big E to win, and then what's gonna happen? He's gonna have a feud with Seth Rollins. Then he's gonna have a feud with Kevin Owens. Then he's gonna have a feud with uh, Bobby Lashley. It's like. Mm. they set it up so they don't have to do any creative thinking that's their favorite kind is when they don't have to work hard for it (laughs) oh my gosh i just feel like that's that's the the mo like they don't have because let's be honest who do you who who can who i would love to see biggie take on someone like finn balor yeah you know yeah um someone like finn balor or Someone like uh who I don't know. 
just it's sad it's sad when we have to literally think about it because there aren't that many outside of what they're doing right now no and like they don't really i mean apollo cruz has been sitting there just doing nothing he could be a a, a, a i would feel like they could revisit that and fix what they did for wrestlemania because that nigerian drum match whatever didn't really yeah it didn't really live up to any expectations so I feel like, but in a title picture, it'd be great to see Apollo Crews break out and, and you know, come into his own as a, as a main eventer. They had the talent there. It's just whether or not they want to put time and resources into these people that they have that they eventually pay for because they're employees. Exactly. But that, oh, that so unfortunately weird. remains to be seen. But oh, it's yeah. so weird. So um, weird. Jack's next question is when would we schedule a Danielson versus Paige rematch and would you put any stipulations on it? Ooh, as far as scheduling it, I do not know because that's one thing that AEW does that is very good is that they they sprinkle about things that we should get excited for throughout the month. Yeah. It's not like we always have to wait for a pay-per-view to get the payoff. They kind of sprinkle stuff like winter is coming and yeah. the holiday bash and stuff like that. Yes. Exactly. Um so exactly when, I I mean, as soon as possible to capitalize on the fever that is after that, that match. I would love to see an Iron Man match. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like any, like, no disqualification kind of stipulation wouldn't do the match justice. Mm-hmm. Iron Man match, absolutely. That'd be a perfect, that would be a perfect I, match for it. Not a steel cage. I feel like that would be one where I would stay away from it because we talked about it last week. They over have over relied on steel cages in mm-hmm. wrestling so oh my yeah an iron man would be perfect for this kind of match this kind of feud yeah i feel like an iron man match where and keep it low you know some someone wins two to one they go they can go another hour i yeah. think i think the, the hour long wrestling match is so fascinating to yeah. me because it's something we don't see very often um but they had these time constraints and usually their time constraints is for the championship matches they're already set to an hour so why don't we have an hour-long iron man match and as far as when you could do it i don't know but man i would love to see that i would too that would be fantastic i like you said i wouldn't necessarily um do it right away because Mm -hmm. i think you want to like AEW does a good job of spreading it out and not completely overdoing it yeah so i uh, yeah i would definitely i wouldn't get, i couldn't give you a time of when to schedule the match but i would definitely agree we would make it a um an iron man match because i feel like that's the only stipulation that would actually make sense for a yeah. feud like this so i would go with that and then of course of <laughs> course we know what we're going what we know what's next we know what's last we have to send hook. It's our hook question of the week. Send hook. So, okay. Before I even get into this, this question to you is going to make absolutely no sense whatsoever. Okay. Because uh, you are not a Star Wars fan. To no, me, no. this question makes perfect sense, but I will explain it. I promise. All right. So, to anybody in any Star Wars fans out there, you'll know what we're talking about. Um, but to nobody, to a non-Star Wars fan, I will explain it. So. Jack asked, do we think Hook could bullseye Womp Rats with a T-16? Now, I know it's it's odd. I know it sounds weird, but um, a Womp Rat, a Womp Rat is, 
<sighs> it's basically in Star Wars. I think it's safe to say it would. It's like the equivalent of a mouse, kind of uh-huh. just uglier and more obnoxious, I guess. Okay. And they lived on the planet that Luke Skywalker lived on originally, Tatooine, the desert planet. Okay. And a T-16 is a Skyhopper ship. So it's like a ship kind of thing. Okay. And the thing was, Luke would always use his T-16 Skyhopper ship to bullseye womp brats. Is it the ship that looks like it has legs on it? It's like a Y, kind of like a backwards Y shape or an upside down Y. That's kind of what it looks like. So yeah, it's basically... Basically, Luke bullseyeing womp rats with a T-16 is basically the equivalent of someone sniping a mouse. (laughs) You have to have aim and focus and all of that. So to answer your question, Jack, yes, Hook could absolutely bullseye womp rats with a T-16 because he just has that much talent, that much focus, especially the focus we've seen. He walks out of the ring all business all the time. So I could totally see it. I totally could see it, but yeah, I knew that was as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, he's gonna have no idea what any of this means. No, but, you know what? It, when I first read it, it popped in my head like I felt like it was like a whack a mole sort of deal. <laughs> I mean, that's Which, a word but, too. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a well advanced whack a mole. Yeah. Know? So. Yeah, yeah, to to yeah, that it's it's literally like like I said, it's the equivalent <laughs> of having to use a sniper rifle to shoot mice from like a few miles away. That's basically like the out the amount of aim you would need to do it. So yeah, I think Hook could totally do it. Yeah, sure. Like, Shout out to Hook and T one sixteen. Yeah, like or something whatever. Yeah, it's like know. see again, if you're a Star Wars fan, you get the reference. If not it's fine it's it's fine that's that was a little i i appreciate that jack i love when I'm he gonna, always has a little like star wars references for me because he knows how much i love it so i'm gonna have to text that one to my friend josh and see if yeah. he if he would get it right he'd probably, he'd probably be like what are you why are you talking about star wars? he would get it he would know it was star wars but he'd be like yeah like what is this doing on your podcast <laughs> oh man it was oh. perfect and what with that question. though with that I think we are. I think that is it. We went through all nine questions. Wow! Wow! What a what a mailbag segment this was. Right, that was shout wild. Out, shout out to our loyal listeners uh, for sending in their questions. We appreciate yes, it. Every we always week. appreciate it. We love to give them their little segment of the show. Because it, yeah, because like like I always said, I wanted this show to. I want people who listen to the show feel like they can be a part of the show. They yeah, can exactly. send in questions and send in their thoughts and kind of, you know, like we have the hook segment. We have your mom's segment. Mike is a, a person that sends in voice messages and questions all the time. So I feel like we have our own little nook of a fan base that are like our friends. Yeah. You know? like honestly, I love every second of it. It is great. Yeah. So it's awesome. And if you want to be a part of it, all you got to do is just send in your thoughts, your opinions, your questions via social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at the same handle. It's at ringside rundown. So check us out there at ringside rundown. You can check me out. If you want to talk to me individually, I'm on Twitter at wrestling cron that's wrestling C H R O N. And I also stream uh, throughout the week on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Eric, the ghost. So follow me there. Shay, where can they follow you? You can find me on Twitter at ShailenHickson21. I'm always, geez, talking about something Star Wars, something <laughs> wrestling, something like 
Pittsburgh sports. It's it's a mess over there, but it's a good time. I'd like to think for some people. I'm sure it amuses <laughs> some people that see the tweets. But um, I also Twitch stream. Um, haven't been doing it lately because you know life kind of got in the way. But I'm hoping by the end of this year, early next year, I will get back into it. But if you still want to go, give me a follow. It's uh, Shay underscore Hickson twenty one. I always play a, a whole bunch of games. It's Dead by Daylight. It's uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla right now. Those are usually the two games I've been was streaming. So, and if you want to come into my streams and talk about wrestling, I am more than happy to. That's why mm. I stream in the first place is to talk to chat about anything and everything. Really, our chats always are off the rails, but in a good way. There you go. You should definitely check her out. It's always a good time uh, on your Twitch stream. I had a that one time where you had the <laughs> the uh, charity event was pretty cool. Oh, that was uh, that was painful, but worth it <laughs> with the spicy bean boozled. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, Ooh, and that I, something better you than me because I could. Yeah. I look at at streamers that do that, and I'm like, I that that wouldn't be me. I have a weak stomach. I'd rather do that than like the regular bean boozled, where it's either. I don't even know what the, like blueberry or dirty dish water. Like I couldn't do that. Oh no, I, no, no. I couldn't because I, <laughs> I remember, um, for the listeners that don't know, I'm also a Harry Potter fan. I don't talk about it as much cause like <laughs> star Wars rules my entire existence. But, um, I remember one time I got a little box of those, um, Harry Potter birdie bots, every flavor beans. And I picked one out and it was the first one I picked out of the bag too. That for context, I picked it out. I'm looking at it and I look at the box because it has all the like things on the side that tell you what it is. Uh-huh. And I could have swore I thought it was tutti frutti. <laughs> but it was the worst flavor you could possibly ever get in one of those. Ugh. It was puke. Ugh. And needless to say, I almost did puke. But and oh. since then, I refuse to do any of those like. It's either a good flavor or a bad flavor. I refuse to do any of those. I just want it to be a good flavored bean. I do not. I'm already traumatized. No, I can't, do, I can't no. do it anymore. Yeah, you will never catch me doing that on my stream. That's nah. for sure. No, nope, I can't. Neither. I don't. I don't have the stomach for it. I don't have the stomach for it. But uh, definitely check us out. Like we said, we yes. leave the lines of communication open all the time. Every Friday we drop our questions uh, tweet. So if you want to send in your questions there, all you got to do is look out for that tweet at Ringside Rundown Friday afternoon. We drop it, say, leave us your questions, your thoughts, your comments, your opinions on wrestling, and we'll get to it. Because like we said, we love doing this for people who listen to the show. So. Yeah, like I, Jack tells me all the time when he's out walking his dog, Callie, we have to name drop Callie because uh, we love Callie the dog. Shout out to Callie the dog he always listens to the podcast when he's out dog walking so it's like i appreciate that so it's like people actually pay attention and listen to this and actually care because if it wasn't for people listening it would just be us screaming into the void about wrestling pretty much i would still enjoy because it, it gives us a platform to actually do it because it's i always say with writing which i feel bad because i've been kind of behind on writing too which i'll get back again i feel like once the end of the year the new york shows up i'll finally get back into everything that i was doing on a regular basis besides this is the only thing i've been regularly doing <laughs> that i normally do because i actually have some time to do it but um i do always like how on this it's a lot it's different than writing because you can get your opinions out in a different way on an article than you can in a podcast. Right. And sometimes you just need, and on podcasts, we can talk about whatever we want. 
Right. That was, I think, what was starting to do it for me was I wanted to continuously keep talking about, like, how badly I hated how they were booking Shayna Baszler towards, like, the middle of the year. And I couldn't keep writing about it because you can only write so much about the certain, like, the same topic over and over again until people get tired of it. Yeah, that's a podcast, you can do whatever you want. So I'm like, all right, I need a platform to start talking about this. And then that's how this happened. So... I'm glad. I'm glad. I like I said, it gives me something to do. It gives. It keeps me engaged with wrestling. Sometimes, yes. It, sometimes you're like, oh, I don't want to have to go through this. But yeah, I don't want to do it. Yeah, I don't want to do it. But I feel so much better after it's done because I feel productive and I yeah. feel like I put something out there that people can identify with. You know, maybe yeah. you know, and and you know, eventually we'll we'll hit that plateau where we'll meet people and. And people will say, hey, we listen to your show. And that's all I really want is people to let me know what they think about wrestling and kind of build friendships that way. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Like, I still can't get over it when people actually say they listen to it because I'm like, oh, people actually care. (laughs) Yeah. And especially since we're not even, this is only episode 29. We're not even, you know, a full year's worth of uh, episodes in and already we have a solid solid base of people that listen to the show that that we appreciate so definitely if you're new listening to the show hit that subscribe button whether you're listening on apple google spotify stitcher wherever you're listening your podcast uh if you're listening to it check it out and then if you can't find it on your podcast platform let me know and i will see what i can do to get it to you exactly don't be afraid to hit us up if you can't get the podcast if you can hit subscribe leave a like comment you know do all the necessary things to help spread the word about the ringside rundown podcast yes do the things all right so that is going to conclude our show for this week uh next week are we doing are we doing a show on christmas oh or that might be tough that might be tough i think we should take the break uh and you know let everybody celebrate christmas and uh have a good time happy holidays to everybody out there no matter what you celebrate as long as you're spending time with family, having a good time, that's all that matters. So yes, happy exactly. holidays to all our listeners out there. Go ahead and wish them happy holidays, Shay. Yes, uh, happy holidays, everybody. Um, yeah, have a good time. Because that's really what the holidays are about, is spending time with the people you care about. It's not really about the gifts. I know that that's such a like, cliched thing to say, but it really is about being around yeah. the people you care about. So uh, enjoy it. I know you mm-hmm. will. I know I will. Um, take a nice little break. And... We'll be back in two weeks, and I honestly think we should do. I mean, granted, it will be when we do it technically January first, but we can still like do an end of the year kind of thing where yeah, we don't even. It honestly could just be our favorite matches, our favorite like wrestlers of the year or whatever. It doesn't have to be an official. I'm definitely a ringside down rundown to, awards, but yeah, I'm definitely down to map something out and say you know I'll make a list of some deals that we could talk about on the show yeah. in two weeks. Yes, let's do it. All right, sounds good. Well, we're going to get the heck out of here. Thank you guys for listening to the show, and we'll see you next time. Happy holidays. See you later, guys.